Greetings in Jesus' name. The one we come here this morning to worship and adore. What a privilege. And I thank God he made, he makes our lives beautiful and he makes nature beautiful. What a beautiful drive we had coming up. Across the mountains was beautiful too. And then we come up the drive here and you look at the mountains and I tell you, it was a beautiful sight. And I had to think, I think Jesus looking down this service this morning and seeing saints, they want to love him. That's a beautiful sight. I just I marvel at that thought. What a tremendous blessing. We have to meet together and worship our Redeemer and our Savior. I'd like to start by looking at 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 32. First Corinthians 11, verse 23. <clears throat> For I have received of the Lord that which I also I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. And as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. <clears throat> Whoso, uh, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of, of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh it unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. <clears throat> I'm glad that Paul was willing to write to the Corinthians and tell them uh, a lot of encouraging things because really when you think about the Corinthian church they actually had a lot of problems you know right off the bat they choosing they were, they were uh, picking favorites as far as in leadership you know I'd sooner follow this leader than that leader and that caused problems because we all have one leader, that's Jesus. And every, every leader that God ordains under him is following his biddings. And so, you know, they, they also was willing to accommodate immorality. And, and that bothered the Lord. And also, there was just a number of other things that he, he cared about. And then, so he said, look, okay, you know... You need to follow Jesus. You need to, you need to be a follower of him. You, you I tell you, you come together, and it's a blessed time for communion. And it's a, it's a real blessed time. We look forward to our fall communion and spring communion. We look forward to those times. You know, we need to anticipate that. But, you know, we need to prepare ourselves. And, you know, that's not a small duty. Because he said, if you judge yourselves, others don't need to judge you. And that's a good thought. You know, I don't want to be condemned by God. And you know what? 
But when we open ourselves up before him, he speaks to us. And uh, I'm glad <clears throat> that you were willing to answer the council meeting cards. I'm glad of that. And that you uh, were open and, and that you gave a, uh, a glowing testimony of loving the Lord. Thank you uh, for those songs. I appreciate that. You know, we sang, My Jesus, I Love Thee. What a privilege. You know, I had to think about that. As we think about this morning, you know, love always costs. Love's never cheap. In fact, love is proven by the sacrifices it gives. Ever thought about that? If you're married, you know that. You can say you love somebody, and if you don't sacrifice for them, they know you don't really care. They know that. You know, if you have a friend, and they want to do this and that, and you was planning this, something else, and you can't give up to go to something, they know you don't love them too much. And I wonder what Jesus thinks. You know, he, he don't ask that much of us. He just asks everything. And you know, what, what a wonderful privilege we have to love him. Love is always shown by the sacrifices it gives. Always remember that. What a privilege. What a privilege. You're here this morning because you love Jesus. You know, we want to worship him. And it's not just Sunday, a Sunday morning thing. Praise God, it's an everyday thing. He said, you know what? If you don't let me examine you, that you can be right before me and open before me, you know, you might, you might partake unworthily. In fact, if you don't, aren't open and examine yourself, you will be taken unworthily, and it's going to cause you major problems spiritually, he says. And I had to wonder, what, what, could, what could we do that is unworthy? You know, I had to wonder, hey, I, none of us want to do that, be in that bracket. Or uh, just back a chapter, 1 Corinthians 10, 21, kind of speaks somewhat to this issue. But it says, But I say that the things with the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God, and I would... Not that you should have fellowship with them. Excuse me. Next verse. And you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. He said, look, you can't come here and commune with me if you're living your own life, your own way. Can I paraphrase that so we understand? You know, it's easy to want to live our life our way. But uh, that's not what God ever intended for his Christians. We live in his way. And we love it that way. <laughs> and uh, I just praise God we can be a band of believers that live that way. We, we want to follow him. And, and so he said, look, I'm going uh, to show this. Jesus, uh, Paul said about Jesus how I'm willing to follow him. He gave his life for me. That bread. That body, you know, and his message was from above and he received it into his own heart. Where it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 3, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory that I preached to you, unless if I have believed in vain. For I de 
delivered unto you first of all which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And we find that out also in verse 23 at the start of this passage. It said, I received from the Lord which that which I also delivered to you. He had been redeemed and saved by the blood of Jesus. He's saying, look, I'm not talking about Jesus, blood, and body without receiving it myself. And that's an important thing. He, he cared about serving Jesus. And he cared about following him. And he said, I received it myself, and I want you to enjoy communion also. And that's what he's beckoning us to do this morning. And Jesus, uh, then Paul reminds him of what uh, needs to, we need to remember too. And he says it was of the Lord Jesus. Verse 23. From the Lord we delivered that the Lord Jesus on the night. I don't know if those words uh, uh, ring in your hearts. But if you think about them, they do ring. The Lord means literally in the Greek, supreme in authority, controller. And I don't know if you like to be controlled by another, but either you're controlled by him or you're controlled by the enemy, which works through yourself. Now, and you have to think about this, okay? A lot of people's life is in chaos, and that's the way the world is. You know why? They control themselves, or Satan controls them, actually, through themselves. And so, you know, think, well, I don't like somebody else controlling me. Well, what's the other options? Live for yourself? Live for Satan? Yeah, that's the other option. And you want life out of control and miserable? You let self rule. You know what? Praise God. We can let him control. Now, that means he's in supreme in authority. That means what will you do today he tells you what to do. That means what you do tomorrow, he tells you what to do. He is in control. And I think, well, you know, you think of controllers. We don't like controllers, but you know, you ever think about an airport? They have air traffic controllers. You know why? There'd be chaos. There'd be chaos and much damage if they did. Okay, you, this plane, you can go in now. You can come in this runway. You come, and you know what? If the planes don't listen, there's a lot of loss. There's a lot of loss. They are controlled by the air traffic controller, or there's a lot of major problems. Yes, somebody controls them. And somebody controls our life, and I'm glad we can. See, there's a lot of aspects in your life. There's a lot of things going on, and there's an air traffic controller. If we give our life, in quotes, as we give our life to Jesus, he's the Lord. And you know what? When you give your heart to him and let him control Things work amazingly smooth. Now, you might not think so because what happened yesterday or last week, but nothing happened out of control of a believer out of God's hands. You believe that? That's wonderful. See, everything works smoothly because he's coordinated so that your life and mine can bring honor and glory. The Lord Jesus. And Jesus, of, of course... <clears throat> Uh, it is uh, Jehovah is salvation. Well, we know if we don't accept Jesus as the Savior of our life, and because he come to redeem mankind, then he won't be the controller. And I praise God once he is the Savior of our lives, and we accept him as our Savior, then he's the Lord 
Jesus in our lives. What a tremendous blessing. That phrase is 118 times in the New Testament. The Lord Jesus. And what a blessing that we can be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now I'm talking about some of the effects of the death of Jesus. And I am glad that we have a good, loving controller and that we can follow him. What a blessing. What a blessing we have to be in that bracket. <clears throat> and as it says in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6, But to us here is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, that we are in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Now, I don't know if you thought about, but when you woke up this morning, you owe Jesus a thank you. Because if he didn't sustain you, you would have passed away last night. That's true. I don't think I think of that. You know, and, and so our, our very breath is by him. You only live because Jesus wants you to live. And that, what a privilege. My Jesus, I love thee. And I have the question, and I didn't know how to phrase this, but after we sang that song, I'm going to phrase it this way. Do we love Jesus enough? Do we love him enough? And that challenges me. Love is proven by the sacrifices he gives. Yeah, what a blessing, what a blessing. So we're here this morning to partake of communion and remember what he has done for us. What a blessed privilege that we can this morning take the emblems and say, Lord, we've let you examine our life. We love you as the Lord of our life because you're the Savior. These aren't just good words. This is my life practice. I love you. So let's look at Matthew 26. Uh, starting verse 2 and then 17 to 20. Matthew 26. Two. And you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Now, I don't know how you would do if you could sit down uh, when you was up, uh, no, just yesterday, and say, Lord, I'm going to plan my life. I want to plan my life. I don't know how many of you would say, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to have a life of service for three years. And then I'm going to die. Because that's all I need to be there. And that's going to accomplish my life. Can you imagine God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit? They plan Jesus' life. Hmm. So I expect he had something planning to do. And he planned it good. Three years. And he knew here this was coming to an end. Hmm. And that makes it a little bit more intrepid. I'm glad this is good news. This is good news. In fact, uh, Brother Dave showed what, how sad world news is. I hope you stay out of that and stay in the good news a lot. Or you will be fearful. Because we don't need to be fearful because our sovereign Lord is in control. And if there would be 
a Civil War start next week, and and uh, somebody would have the the nerve to drop some kind of bomb here, um, and your appointed time would be on Tuesday, and all of our appointed time being Tuesday, is that something to fear? Not at all. Not at all. We don't need to fear death because of Jesus and his shed blood. What we're coming right this morning. Without that, you need to fear it. But with that, you don't need to fear that. So I heard a phrase this week that intrigued me. I think I'll share it this morning. This is good news that you can use. Okay? Let's start thinking about that. Good news that you can use. Because so much other of the national news you don't need to use. Okay? So this is a stark contrast for good news that you can use. Okay? Matthew 26, now cutting at verse 17. <clears throat> And the first day of the week of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at the house with my disciples. At thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready for the Passover. Now when the evening was come, they sat down with the twelve. Now let's jump on down now to verse 26 to 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took uh, bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. <clears throat> Your imagination can take you a long way, and half the time, or most, or maybe more, certain percentage that takes you the wrong path. But I still have to wonder what those disciples thought when he started saying things like this, because I know that they was commemorating uh, the Passover, and all of a sudden... There's a whole new twist that they never heard before and saying, look, you know, I'm the Passover lamb. You know, this bread, break it, this is my body, which is given for you. They were eating physical bread, okay? Now, I'm glad that we can understand what he meant on this side. They were on that side of Calvary, okay, the other side, and that's a total different bracket. Hmm. You know, sometimes I hear things I don't understand in the Bible. And you know what? I think God still wants us to understand some. You know, because they, they didn't say, now, Jesus, this can't be true, what you're saying. can't be true. You're here. We're here. And, and taking this bread and, and, and this cup. Now, this, this doesn't resonate with me. And I suspect that's what they said or thought, possibly. But I'm glad it can resonate with us this morning. And we can be, uh, can understand it. And, and, and it can be very encouraging to us. You know, uh, they had to have faith. They had to have faith in what they did. And they believed Jesus. And you know what? It still takes a lot of faith to follow Jesus. What do you ask? Don't always make sense to man's thinking. But your faith in Jesus will lead you down the path of glory for him. And that's why we're here for it, to glorify him. 
What a blessing. Do we love him enough to walk in faith? Do we love him enough? Yes. He shed his blood uh, uh, for us. He gave his body. He said, I am the bread of life. Now, that was earlier. I am the bread of life. Now, some of you probably eat a lot of bread. Some people don't eat much bread anymore. But over in Israel, they eat a lot of bread. I know that's a big thing for them. They eat a lot of bread over there still today. And then he says, I am the bread of life. Wow, he showed that. Because that sustained their body. And it sustains us spiritually. It still sustains us that he was willing to give his body for our sins. Yes. And then he shed his blood. Now remember, that was in the master plan before the creation of the earth. For him to die. And not just die, because we'll all die, but to shed his blood. To give his body. Shed his blood. What a tremendous blessing that is. The blood is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. And it's very, very essential for our atonement. And it's the very heart of the gospel. You take the blood out of the gospel and you have no gospel. It's the blood of his cross, the scripture says. And it's recon uh, that reconciles Jesus, reconciles us to Jesus and to God. And I'd like to read a, a few verses then that pertain to this in first, uh, no, Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Twenty to twenty-two, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated enemies in your minds by wicked works, yet now has, hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present, to, to, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. So he has made peace through his cross. And that's interesting to note because... Um, I don't think we thought about it. That actually, before we accepted Jesus, we were wicked and we were alienated from him. And having peace is the first question we answer on our council card. Do you have peace with God? To have peace with him is only through the blood of Jesus. And I praise God that every, every one of us here this morning as believers have experienced the blood of Jesus in our lives. And we can proclaim that to everyone we meet that Jesus brings peace through his blood. Now, his blood don't do any good unless we ask for forgiveness of sins. But praise God, we can be those that love him and obey him and can have peace for him. And then, you know what? When we, we give ourselves all to him, it there again, it speaks into our lives. 
It speaks into our heart. I'd like to read verses 13 to 14, how this transition is, uh, comes about. And it says in verse 13 to 14, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And I, I, we read that, and sometimes I think it's so, I read it so glibly, it, but to realize how enormous and how this de despising and deplorable sin is in the sight of God. I don't think we fathom it how much God hates sin and detests sin and selfishness and evil and sin. He hates it. And yet he's saying, look, Jesus shed his blood that there don't have to be any more sins on your account. There, no. You know, you can have forgiveness of sins. Those things that alienate us from him what a blessing the blessings of the cross the blessings of Jesus dying and then the effects also in our life verse 18 and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead and all things he might have the preeminence lordship the lord Jesus yes these have Jesus as the not just their Savior, but he's the Lord of their life. In fact, I think it's a paradox to say Jesus is my Savior and not allow him to be Lord. What a blessing we have to have Jesus as Lord of our life. And then he gives us peace when we follow him. When our sins are beneath the blood, he gives peace. Peace, peace. When there is no peace around us, we can have it within us. Years ago, I read a story about a terrible railroad uh, accident that happened and many many people were killed a commuter train was going down uh, had stalled and it dysfunctioned and just a few minutes before a freight train was due to arrive <clears throat> so the conductors told uh, sent somebody to flag down the uh, freight train and to tell them you need to stop and so he run back as far as he could and got there and he waved the flag up and down and telling them, you know, you need to stop, you know, you need to stop. And the conductor, it didn't take long, and a little bit later, and the freight train slammed into the commuter train. And many, it was a horrible scene, many were lost, and it was a terrible scene. And later, at the trial, they asked this, the conductor of this, the, the freight train, said, what? Why didn't you stop? You had plenty of room to stop. And he said, you know what? The man was waving a yellow flag. He said, I, took, I always thought that yellow was caution. I know when you see it on a, on a sign, on the, light, the stoplight, you know it's caution. Or do we think it's just speed up and go? But whatever. And he said, no, it meant caution. Caution. And they said, what happened here? And they, said, they went there and check it out. And here, this flag... Had been exposed to the sun and the elements for so long that the red flag turned yellow. And then he even said, you know, that's kind of the way a lot of Christians, uh, Christendom does it today. They take the blood of Jesus out of our, out of our, our walk and our lives, and it's just yellow, and it becomes anemic, and everything's caution, not the blood of Jesus. You take the blood of Jesus out of our faith and religion, and you know what? We're just sinners trying to do good on our own. 
We're just sinners trying to do good. You know, so the blood of Jesus is the only one on this cross where he died. And the only one that can uh, redeem us from sin. Don't be deceived by the uh, anemic yellow gospel of just believing. Yes, it takes belief by faith. But if that's where it stops, it's not far enough. We're just certain works. It's powerless. We must be forgiven. And I praise God. We can be forgiven all of our sins. What a beautiful, beautiful privilege we have to be forgiven of all of our sins. And, and because he gave his life on the cross. And we can have forgiveness. Yes, forgiveness from sin. That major transgression. Yes, blood is critically important in our religion. And you know what? It's wonderful. You and I can claim the blood of Jesus. Because he loves us and he cares for us. You know, what a beautiful privilege. Yes. That you were sometimes, verse 21, were aliens and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Anyone away from the Lord that's not walking with the Lord are enemies and they're doing wicked works. We don't want to be there. Praise God. By the blood of Jesus, it can be different. Verse 22, in the New King James, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. I find that amazing. I find that amazing. That you and I, sinners as we were, can be holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Only by the blood of Jesus. I want to pray. Only by the blood of Jesus. And that means this person, when, and I know we're all human. We're like, this, that's a trite statement. Uh, but you know, we're all human. Meaning that we don't walk perfectly. And, and God knows that. That's why his blood was good for you more than initially when you accepted Jesus. It's good for your sin of yesterday. It's good for your sin yesterday. Hopefully you didn't do one yesterday, but I'm just saying, your last one, okay? Your last one. That last time that you, you, you knew within your, your attitude wasn't right. You said something ugly. You know, you, you was half-truths. And you know, whatever it is, his blood forgives and you can be holy, blameless, and above reproach. That's amazing. And I praise God that we can each one be here this morning. But if we're going to be that way, we've got to accept the blood of Jesus on our sins and ask for forgiveness. What a tremendous blessing that is. That is. What a privilege. Well, the blood of Jesus, back in our text, ushered in the New Testament. What, what, a, uh, what a tremendous blessing that that could be in our text. There's 1 Corinthians 11. And aren't you glad that you didn't have to come last week or whenever it would be and sacrifice your best animal? The young one that, for that Passover lamb, and you're just going to give another one. And, you know, maybe even next week you have to give another one for a sin offering. But you, this is in the New Testament where he died once for all. 
Yes, he died back there 2,000 years ago. And you know what? That was the last time that sacrifice needed to be given as far as blood as atonement for our sins. Yes, then it says there, uh, verse 28 says, Matthew 26, when, when I read that passage on Matthew 26, talks about remission for the remission of sins. And I like that phrase. <clears throat> I hear it a lot for cancer patients, and I'm glad they can be in remission. I'm glad every Christian here this morning can be in remission for, with sins. <laughs> you know what remission means? It means freedom and pardon. And you know I praise God, I'm going to start... Uh, Pardon is everything. Pardon by the blood of Jesus. There we are. The blood of Jesus is where we get forgiveness and pardon for sins. Now, we don't think of it that way, but when you're enemies of Jesus, you've got to be pardoned. You know, the president likes to pardon some people, and they got that privilege. And Jesus got the privilege of pardoning some people, too, if they'll just ask for forgiveness. It, it, it's... Only that. You ask for forgiveness of sins, he convicts you. You ask for forgiveness, and you're pardoned of your sins. What a tremendous privilege. You don't have to live under that bondage of Satan, of the wicked one, living for self. You can be pardoned of that life and that desire and be changed and forgiven. Yes, made holy, blameless, and not reproach in his sight. What a tremendous blessing. Then, and not till then, there's freedom. Freedom, well, that's what everybody wants. That's what they think, you know, they're fighting for. Let me tell you, freedom, spiritually, is a, a gift reserved for Jesus' followers, believers. It's a gift that you have as a believer this morning that nobody else has unless they give their heart to Jesus. And everybody can be pardoned, and live in freedom. Glorious freedom, the song is right. And I praise God, by the blood of Jesus, we are pardoned. And I, what a tremendous opportunity to come back and be forgiven again of my, my current sins and be pardoned and seem whole and walk holy before him. No wonder it says in 1 Peter 1 verse 9, but with the precious blood of Jesus, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, Jesus shed his blood. Also, 1 John 1 verse 7 says that you walk in the light. This is news you can use. Okay. If we walk in the light, as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another. This builds true brotherhood. But it's based on what? And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Forgiveness of sins. Everyone, it makes closeness and fellowship when everyone is sincerely making Jesus Lord of their life. And they're forgiven. They're following him. He's the controller of their life. What a tremendous blessing. And we do this so we'll be ready when he comes. Till he comes. And we do that this morning. We think, well, I'm glad I'm ready today. But you know there's an element to this that we're saying... I want to stay ready till he comes. I take it sincere to be ready. I want to be ready today, but I don't want to lose it tomorrow. I want to keep this. What a, what a treasure. Jesus is my Savior and the Lord of my life.
And I want to be ready. And I want to stay ready. I'm going to be faithful. Till he comes. Till he comes. Always remember that. We're here for the marathon, they say. It might be a short one for some of us. It might be a short one for all of us. But we have to commit to it. Make him Lord of our life. It's news you can use.